Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Unmasking Autism with AFO. I am your host, Carly Marissa Dummett. This podcast is presented by the Autism Foundation of Oklahoma and funded by the Oklahoma State Department of Health. For those who don't know, the Autism Foundation of Oklahoma strives to improve the lives of Oklahomans with autism across the lifespan. Before we jump in, I would just like to say that this podcast will discuss autism, suicide, mental health and wellness, among other topics, with autistic individuals and different professionals, with the goal of unmasking stereotypes, increasing awareness, advocating for mental health and wellness, and attempting to shatter the stigmas of these topics through conversation and personal experience. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Unmasking Autism with AFO. I'm your host, Carly Marissa Dummett, and I am here with two very awesome guests today. We are going to talk about mental health and wellness and physical wellness. And my guests today are Lindsay Juarez and Carrie Baldwin. So thank you. Um, we'll start with you, Lindsay. Come on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, sure. Um, Well, I'm Lindsay. I own Mindful Massage and Body Work. So I've been a massage therapist for 11 years, been a yoga teacher for three or four. Um, I have a son. He's nine and he's autistic and he's amazing. Um, And then through his diagnosis discovered like, yep, I'm definitely also autistic. Um, And learning those things about him and about myself and how autism just shows up and um, love how um, yoga can be used to help um, nervous system regulate basically. Um, A lot of autistic um, symptoms or things that people find are issues in their life as a lot of nervous system dysregulation and um, yoga is a beautiful way to regulate your nervous system. Awesome, great. Carrie? Hi, my name is Carrie Baldwin. Um, I'm a retired firefighter, and I do have triplets who are all three on the spectrum. They are 16 as of now. So I have one daughter who might be capable of driving. We did find a driving school that does teach autistics. Mm -hmm. They test them, they drive them until they can pass. We're gonna attempt that and see how that goes. I just have a program I came up with, Fit for Focus, which I'm hoping helps a lot of children in my community at my gym. Which is, what's the? It's Temple Fitness. Temple Fitness, where's that at? It is Yukon, West Yukon, which is Mustang Road and Reno out west. Awesome. So yes, and those classes will start, we're hoping to start November 1st. Okay. I have the studio ready and ready to go. Okay, great. Uh, Send me that info and I'll make sure I put it in the description. Okay, thank you. Um, So before we jump into the questions, do you guys like so you just said like through your son's diagnosis mm-hmm. you were diagnosed as well i've heard that happen with a lot of people do you want to maybe like touch a little bit more on that experience <clears throat> for you oh sure it was wild um so he's my only child and so uh parenting him as a baby it was you know I, everything to me was normal because i'd never had a baby <laughs> I, didn't know what they were, I don't know what they're supposed to act like i was like this is great and then a lot of the things i was seeing i was like oh he's just he's getting so much of his personality from me <laughs> is like legitimate what i thought until we started him in pre-k and that's when you know when um actual structure came into it um that we started noticing like he was just having a lot more difficulty with little things like transition and like 
um, communication, asking for his needs and stuff like that. Um, we knew he was speech delayed. We knew he was gross motor delayed. Um, and so the, the red flag started coming in school. So we took him, you know, did the whole process, waited six months, did the, two, you know, two appointments, <clears throat> paid a stupid amount of money <laughs> and got the diagnosis. Um, and it was just uh, like a whole new book was just opened up on how to understand my kid. And, you know, of course, as any good autistic does, go into the research and just research the crap out of it. Um, saw so much of myself in it, started listening to, you know, seminars and like autistic adults and what they said. Um, helped me so much in learning how to parent him and how to figure out what his needs were that weren't getting met um, to help make, you know, calm his nervous system so that he could like be regulated and have like be successful in life. And um, yeah, and then just learning that about me has helped me advocate for myself um, make accommodations for myself in my own life. Like, I don't do phone calls anymore. Just blanket statement. <laughs> okay. I just don't. Um, I don't force myself to go to the grocery store if I'm not regulated. Like, noticing when I'm starting to approach burnout, taking action before it happens. And, like, it's all just brought so much good to my life. And, like, meeting other people who are autistic and going, like, oh, you do the thing, too. Oh, like... I love the community that it like brings together, and um, it's just it's all been positives. Um, learning more about autism, how it works, how it can be um, adapted into neurotypical life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. And then one baby, <laughs> I think. Well, I'm childless, so one baby for me sounds like a lot, but three, and then on top of that, they all have autism. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? I don't recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, it is an adventure and it's ongoing. So yes, we did have three. I have identical twin girls and one boy. And then we have Triton, Trinity, and Ariel. They're not named after the Little Mermaid. That wasn't the intent, but anyway. Uh, but we figured out Triton was our first one that recognized we had signs that they were gross motor skills are fine. Physically, they were hit all their marks. It was more, he wasn't talking. His sisters were talking and doing fairly well. So they went to preschool. So they were probably five when they were diagnosed. Triton was diagnosed at three. Okay. And he's still nonverbal, basically. But he does have a device by Toby Vine, Toby Vine, I think, that we got through the school system, mm -hmm. which our insurance paid a tremendous amount for that. And the school picked up the balance. Oh, that's really nice. So I recommend if you have an IEP that you rec check into that. Mm -hmm. If your child is nonverbal, check with your school, your IEP, and they can get you hooked up. And if you have insurance, that's even better. Okay, so. great. They get a, They got an AAC device for my kid, and he's yes. he's verbal, but he's not like. But it helps. But yeah, it helps. And so, so like, Triton can speak because yeah. he has the same issues. Triton's issues were not telling me what his needs were, and when he was in pain, mm -hmm. or how much pain, because their pain threshold is very high. So he can take a lot. Actually, all three can, I believe. It's hard to tell. They have a hard time still telling me feelings and how they feel, how their bodies are, hmm. which is still a little difficult. But, <clears throat> excuse me, the girls are pretty verbal and they're pretty good. So they do go to gen ed classes with some of their peers. Um, Triton can handle some of that, but sometimes it's overstimulation. The good thing about them now is that they can recognize when to decompress. Mm -hmm. So they can go and decompress. So it's just, I allow that, which is where he stems a lot. Triton does have a lot of vocal tendencies. 
when he's nervous, and he also has physical tendencies, so when he gets stressed out, he rubs his head on hard objects. He doesn't mm -hmm. hit his head, but he rubs his head. So that's why I have to kind of tell when he needs to decompress, and he does. They do pretty good that way. Okay. But I was in kids' CrossFit, started coaching kids' CrossFit, and so they had to come with me to do it. So I recognized they were much calmer when we got home. They were more focused, and he wasn't stimming hardly after activity. Okay. So the more I, we did that, the more I noticed things just started to unfold, and I had this idea for an obstacle course for autistics to help them be aware of their body, have physical contact, and be in a social setting at a limited, I'm only gonna allow 10 children to keep the socializing limited and quiet, because it is sound sensitive room, it is, has pads on it, there's not echoing, there's no music, it's just gonna be very sound sensitive. But the plan is to help them regulate how their life's gonna change. So the course will change, a piece of the course will change every two weeks. So when they come back, they're touching everything, yet one piece will be different but they're touching it and they're going over it. So it's not so overwhelming. Okay. It's not so overstimulating because they're already doing something. So I'm changing the course from the end first. So they start at the beginning always the same. But as we start changing the course every two weeks, they will be in a whole new course at the end of 10 weeks. And the whole thing would have been changed and they will be none the wiser. But they would have touched and changed everything and adapted to it. Okay, very cool. So it's a slow process that seems to work for mine, and this is what I'm going by, because we do CrossFit, and it's the same thing. It's a 45-minute class of doing a different variety of physical activity, but the difference at home is what I'm hoping parents recognize in school. So I'm hoping it helps with focus at school and helping them to decompress and show them that when they are physical, they can decompress and lower their anxiety, lower their stress. Okay and deal with it, and deal with change, and deal with other social activities. Because I do have an occupational health therapist who will help me um, at my gym, and I have a high-functioning autistic adult. She is also gonna be my assistant, because she is autistic, yeah. and she can help me deal with these autistic children. That's great. And it should be, I'm hoping, a great plan. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds great. Definitely give me that info so we can I will. help pump that out. I will. And then before we jump into the questions, I also wanna tell the audience, Miss Lindsay is also going to be a um, expert. I don't, I'm forgetting what the word is at AFO's first wellness retreat that we're doing on Saturday, November fourth at Workflow OKC. It is almost sold out, but I'm putting the link in the description of this video so you can grab one of the last fifteen tickets. So, want to plug that for you? Yeah, <laughs> come learn from her. Come do you some yoga. Yes, Yay. seriously. I used to be obsessed with yoga when I lived in. Texas, yeah. um, and then I don't know why I stopped. I need to work out, I know that about myself. <laughs> um, so question one, the Global Wellness Institute defines wellness as the active pursuit of activities, choices, and lifestyles that lead to holistic health. One dimension of total wellness is physical health, meaning nourishing a healthy body through the big three, exercise, nutrition, and sleep. This not only helps with a healthy body, but correlates with good mental health as well. So you already talked a little bit about it, but can you talk more about how each of your practices really contribute to a healthy mind and body? Yeah, I, I'll go first. So okay. yoga. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> yoga, I um, obviously uh, nutrition's out of my scope, but mind and body. Uh, yoga is a beautiful way to combine both of those things and to get 
um, your mind and body in balance is really what yoga is about. And like the point of yoga, everyone thinks yoga is about stretching or about like a workout um, because that's how we've made it here in the West. It's <laughs> like we've made yoga a fitness class. Um, but the true heart of yoga is about bringing balance to your life through movement of, and discipline of your body, of your breath, of your mind. So going into a yoga class and getting into these positions and stretching parts of your body that you weren't aware of. So we know that a lot of um, autistic and neurodiverse people have low proprioception, have a, you know, bump into things and drop things and um, have low body awareness. Uh, like that's why we don't know that we're thirsty or we're hungry or we have like temperature regulation issues. Um, so yoga is the practice of getting on your mat and just noticing those things a little better. And we know through neuroplasticity, we can actually grow those um, neurons to be able to learn how to feel the body again. Okay. So practicing feeling where are my toes, <laughs> eventually that'll become second nature. Um, and so yoga is the practice of doing that. It also helps you calm your mind. So if you get into a yoga practice, things start coming up when you're on the mat, right? Like you get into a pose and you're like, ah, I'm a failure. Ah, this is terrible. This is never gonna work. I'm never gonna be as good as those people on Instagram, right? <laughs> um, but the practice of a yoga, of yoga is to get on your mat. It's just you and these you know, four corners of your mat. It's you, your body, and your breath, and meeting yourself where you are right then in that moment. What can I do in this moment? How is my body showing up for me in this moment? instead of the anxiety that comes into it of like future, right? Like, oh, well, I'm never gonna get this or it's never gonna happen. Like, well, what is here for you right now? And that can really help decrease stress, um, you know, which decreases your cortisol levels, it makes you feel good. We know all the benefits that you get from exercise, like the endorphins and stuff are still there. And you're getting to practice regulating your breath, which we know helps so much of your nervous system. Um, so really, I think of yoga as like the sandbox for life. Like come into yoga, get on your mat, and learn lessons that then you can take with you into life. So that when you're in a traffic jam, you know, and you're like, I'm never gonna get out of this traffic jam. <laughs> you can go, no, I'm just right here, I'm right here. I'm here with my body and my breath, and it's gonna be okay. Or for me, my kid will not stop screaming because he needs to regulate. <laughs> but I can breathe and I can be okay. And I can know that in this moment, everything's okay and safe. And so it's a practice, but um, when you go into a yoga practice with that intention, instead of, oh, I really need to stretch out my hamstrings, you're gonna get so much more out of it. You can go in and say, I'm gonna stretch my hamstrings and yeah, you'll get looser hamstrings. Yeah, That's yeah, great, yeah. but there's so much more for you there. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Mm. Thank you. So that might be good for mothers to do as well. I mean, oh about right. autistics, that would, I might need to look into yoga. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, regulation. Um, yeah. Well, my daughter, I have one, she enjoys yoga, mm -hmm. and we don't have any more at the gym, but well, we may see you in November. Even the, <laughs> even the physical aspect. So we know um, a lot of neurodiverse people have low proprioception, which mm -hmm. lives in your joints, which means where most of us are hypermobile which we don't, we don't know the end range of our joints. So then if you go into a yoga class thinking you're gonna stretch, you have the higher likelihood of hurting yourself, mm. especially as an autistic, as a hypermobile person. 
Um, so yoga in an engaged way can actually strengthen your, the tendons around your joints and make um, your coordination better, um, help with your proprioception, um, yeah, help you not overstretch and get injured. So like Ehlers-Danlos and stuff is really common in oh. the autistic world. Okay, yeah. um, and doing engaged yoga can actually be really beneficial. So the yoga that I'm going to teach, <laughs> you'll notice it's going to be different than maybe any other yoga that you've had. We're not going to go fast. We're not going to, you know, go through 50 million poses. We're going to kind of stay in certain poses and see what's there for us okay. and see how we can engage. It takes time to learn to engage uh, muscles that you've never talked to before. Um, so yeah, it'll be, I think it'll be real eye-opening for people to see like, oh, there's a different, there's like a whole nother side of yoga that can be accessed. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh -huh. I'm excited. Okay, Maybe. great. I'm yeah. excited too. I'm excited. I'm going to be there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you should. You totally Maybe a girl may show up yeah. for yoga. And bring, yeah. bring your children too. Yes. Yeah. Just 30 well, minutes. Come on. And Triton is hypermobile. He's my uh -huh. only hypermobile. He's extremely... Mm -hmm. Bending, yeah. yeah. Bending. And he's six mm -hmm. five. He looks like a giant spider. <laughs> he's probably has really tight hamstrings. He yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. No, you should. You should come and you should bring yes. them. Um, so yes, your turn. Okay. So I think where also course comes in is like she said, it does like help them be more body aware. They have to grip. Mm -hmm. They climb. They jump. So they're going to be aware of distances because I know few, quite a few autistics don't recognize personal space of many people. So that's one we're trying to teach our children. But um, I think the obstacle course just helps the same thing. It's like focusing. They have to focus on every move. They have to know what their hands, their fingers are doing. They have to recognize where they have to go from one to the other. It is heights and it's climbing. So it's how to climb a ladder, how to climb down the ladder. So there is a lot of focus involved. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping, and like, state, like she said, state, just any activity is going to bring down cortisol and anxiety mm -hmm. issues. But the thing for them is I want them thinking what their next move is. So they're thinking ahead and knowing what body part they need to use, how they need to use it. So it should make them focus a little bit more and have to think a little bit more in the moment, okay. each moment, because it's going to change each moment they move is different. They're going to have to recognize that. And then they, we just repeat and repeat. So it is a routine, yeah. but then in two weeks we're going to change one part. So it's going to be, what's that? Okay, all right, and then they keep, and, and it just goes on. Yeah. So I think the mental clarity and the focus, oops. Okay, just clip it back, you're good. It's gonna be key, and that's what I hope they recognize when they get home. That's what I recognize, that's what I recognize at school, is their focus, and the teachers recognize it, which is even more, which is why I decided I would like it to be a field trip also for schools who have special needs classes, because the classes are limited usually, so I can do five to 10 and it will be a nice group okay. and they'll be together and they'll be socializing so it just helps them in the noise so the noise will be sensitized but the other children will be making noise I think it will just help them start recognizing noises that they can handle mm -hmm. a lot of things especially if they're distracted and they're doing something physical the noise shouldn't and doesn't usually bother them at all other kids or other things I haven't seen that issue yet okay mm -hmm. and right. I'm sure some children probably will have an issue but if we just keep them going and show that they can do it and they keep going, it will lessen. And we'll just, we do have a decompression corner. I have a decompression corner for those who get overstimulated. They can go sit down, rest for a little bit, and if they want to come back, then they can. Okay. So that way they can wear their earplugs, they can bring their iPads, whatever they need to do to go, go decompress and then come back. Or if they can't, they can't. We'll just keep trying and keep going. 
So hopefully that's what my plan is. I think it sounds great. <laughs> um, so obviously, uh, you guys both, you know, live what you teach as well. So can you share how implementing healthy lifestyle choices has personally impacted you and your family, both physically and mentally? Okay. Whoever wants to. Um, yeah, so. <clears throat> um, for me and my family, the biggest wellness thing that we've implemented is really um, emotional regulation and intelligence <laughs> like um we um like to stay you know to be active as much as we can but we also over the years have recognized that um downtime is really important for us as a family too um so that's a big thing that we did with my son is we made the choice to not do any extracurriculars with him he's nine right now and he hasn't shown interest in anything, so it's not like we've said no. But we just haven't pursued anything like maybe other families have because we recognized how much downtime he needs after school to regulate himself. Um, he's really a big homebody like me, so you know, staying home and being in a safe place is really comforting for him. But then, um, you know, we've got a backyard. He runs around with the dogs and stuff like that. Um, so. Uh, breathing in the middle of meltdowns and being able to just hold space for him. Um, it's a lot of that kind of health and wellness stuff in my family that we've implemented. Um, therapy, everyone goes to therapy in my house. Um, we're all on medication. Um, it's great. Uh, um, I think I answered it. What was the... <laughs> um, implementing healthy lifestyle choices has personally yeah. impacted you and your family. And I think for me too, something that I recognized and I, actually I realized recently um my favorite exercise is weightlifting <laughs> i love lifting heavy weights. i do too i know <laughs> so i'm looking at you um i love lifting heavy weights and i learned that a couple years ago well then i recently learned that that is um a vestibular um sensory need that like if you have low um vestibular sensory something like I'm hyposensitive vestibularly, so like my body needs, <laughs> seeks that input. Okay. So, and the thing I was reading, it said like, oh, half the kids move heavy objects. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's like, that's why I love weightlifting so much because mm -hmm. it, and like it always makes me feel really grounded at night and like, you know, and um, I was like, oh, because it's filling like a sensory need for me. I didn't even realize that. And I think for yoga, it does that too, because when we get into these poses and like, yes, we will stretch muscles, but we're gonna do it in an engaged way that's safe for hypermobile joints. Um, but when you finally can feel that stretch in your muscle, it's like it scratches that itch that you've just been really needing to get scratched in your body. And it's like that sensory need just gets like fed right there. Um, so really just, I think, what we've done in my family is recognize where the sensory needs are and find ways to fill them. So like my kid has stem toys, um, he's got his headphones, he's got stuff he can jump off of, he's got like one of those swings in his bedroom. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, sensory diet, we try to have like a ton of stuff to just regulate the nervous system and like, well, what are you feeling? And like, let's dance it out or let's, <laughs> let's um, stomp our feet if we're yeah. angry or, you know, like, really trying to work those feelings through the body instead of um, just getting stuck in your head. Yeah. 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 So oh, I think that, that's, that's great. great. Yeah. Oh. 
Um, well, we've been pretty active. Well, I've been pretty active my whole life, so yeah. they kind of grew up that way. But we go. Um, I'm a big outdoorsy, so we go hiking. We've always gone hiking. They love swimming, so they've always swam. And I found that is probably their most mm -hmm. relaxing because you're underwater, there's no sound, there's no sensory, you're on your own, and it's quiet. And it's all three, yes, yeah. and so they all love swimming. So we caught that very early on. So yes, they went to infant swim and swimming mm -hmm. all the time. And they go into the ocean. They surf, they parasail. Okay, they do awesome. not, my son does. Okay. The girls refuse to go. <laughs> but my son loves parasailing. Love but like I said, he is hypermobile. So mm -hmm. what I had to figure out was he doesn't, they don't tighten up when they lift. Okay, so kids CrossFit or CrossFit itself, we use equipment, but it's more like velocity. There's more swinging, but it is weightlifting, mm -hmm. but it's more body motion. So that's what I figured. So they do body, they would do ball slams, and we have kettlebells that they swing. So everything is weight resistant, okay, yeah. and a slam ball is a big ball that just bounces. So it just stays on the floor. It's full of sand, so it's heavy. So it's 10, 15 pounds, and they had to pick it up and slam it. And that's probably the most fun they like. Okay. And jumping, awesome. jumping is a big thing. Jumping on boxes, jumping on bouncy things is. Mm -hmm. They will stay on there forever. But they, you can just watch the calm and the anxiety drop, and the smiles start coming out. So they just repeat and repeat. So that's what I noticed on my children. They were happier, we got home, they were calm. Mm -hmm. And Triton would tighten up for the obstacle course because you have to, you have to tighten your muscles and you're lifting things. So you can just see it just relaxes them the more they do. And so that's what I've discovered with them. So kids CrossFit is how I figured out how they were reacting. Mm -hmm. So the obstacle course, I just added those weight lift parts in there and it's just smooth move. And they say they get weight resistance, they get to jump, they get to climb, and they're gonna have all these different, where they have to flex and squeeze muscles and stretch them and hold them mm -hmm. and hold these objects out and pull them in. So it's things their body's gonna have to do. I think it will help a lot of that, especially when they're mobile sensitive, because my son has got to tighten up. Now they are in martial arts now okay. because they can handle it. Even Triton can handle it, and he's like, the most sensitive of mine because he does stem and he does have his moments still. But martial arts also teaching him how to stretch and do those movements without hurting himself, not being too hyper mm -hmm. and not being too hyper extended because he is very hyper extended, like too stretchy. He's too <laughs> stretchy, too stretchy, but he's learning that. So I think that's going to be healthy. And of course, mine, I mean, it just instills their confidence. It's going to instill so much more confidence in who they are because they don't really know yeah. yet. And it's, the world is complicated for them. Sounds, everything. And when they see people doing things, my daughter tried rugby, but she was amazing at okay. it. But she's the only one who's really, like, can handle contact. But she wanted to try rugby, which she did great. She's a super empath, so she tackled, but she also started helping everybody up. Aww, and you sweet. can't really do that <laughs> in a game. So yeah, we've decided so. Okay. Okay. Rugby might be a little dangerous for that. So, but she's—they're good at martial arts. They like it. They can handle it. We can only go one day a week because it is a little stimulating, and they can't handle twice a week yet. Okay. So we're getting there, and I feel the obstacle course will also be the same way for many children. It may be very stimulating, and once a week may be all they need, and then you can decide because we have one class a week, two classes a week, but probably once a week will be enough to start. And then you can have to go by your child and how, how they're developing and how they're handling it and how they have to decompress afterward. Yeah. But they shouldn't have to decompress really very much after what I've seen. Okay. 
And I know, because we were talking before we started filming, you mentioned a little bit about how you have your kids on a gluten-free diet, and then also the leaky gut. Um, Can you talk a little (laughs) bit more about that? Because, you know, uh, data does show the correlation between um, autism and uh, GI issues. Yes. Um, I think every child is different in that area, too. So you're going to have to... This is trial and error is all I can say, trial and error. So my children are not... Like we had them tested, they're not gluten intolerant. However, gluten does cause inflammation in many areas of your body, everyone. So we're gluten free anyway. Um, we also do grass fed beef. So they don't do grain foods, they don't get colors or dyes. I try to avoid that. Any processed foods we don't eat out very often. If we do, it's very seldom, but I try to watch and how it contributes to them. But we can eat pretty healthy out, mm-hmm. and they're pretty good at that. I think my kids are a little bit ahead of the system because sensory eating certain foods is also an issue for many autistics. The, the touch of it, the feel of it, and they smell their food. My son smells everything before it goes in his mouth. But since they grew up, we made their baby food. So they've had all these different types of sensory since they were babies. So I think mine handle, because their, their food schedule is amazing. I mean, I have one daughter, now she can only have crunch. Everything has to have a crunch. So all her vegetables are raw. She likes all raw vegetables. They have to have a crunch. Everything has to crunch. My son can eat almost anything, seafood, oysters, scallop, whatever. He's great at that. But I think that comes from nutrition from the very get-go. But like I said, they weren't diagnosed till three or five, so we didn't have any idea till later. So then learning more about that was harder. Now, my kids are on a leaky gut tablet because I know they have leaky gut. I have a daughter, like I said, has you get those dark circles, and that was one way my doctor told me to pick up on your good bacteria and your bad bacteria in your gut if it's lesser or lower, and you lower more. So that's what I have to go by by her. My others don't have that. So her gut regimen is different than theirs. So she's on a leaky gut and also a cleanse tablet. Okay. Um, I also use, um, they're on a CBD based, okay. which is all natural. There's no dyes in it. It's all natural ingredients. And my son and my daughter are on one called rest because of their anxiety. Okay. My other daughter is on one called focus because she's ADHD autistic. And those seem to be great. And we've been on those for two or three years and that's through a company out of Oklahoma called True Medics. Okay. And they test your children, they scan them and they try to find you the best supplement that would be best for them. And it's all natural, it comes in tablets or a tincture, a liquid. So my son does liquid because okay. he spits the tablets out. So. I had to trick him, and we're into the liquids now, so he don't know what he's drinking with his chocolate milk. Oh, okay. So I'm that. <laughs> okay, great. But I think you have to keep an eye on that, yes. And it's just going to be trial and error. And what I found um, was the leaky gut I have now seems to work great for my one daughter, who I can tell. So I just put the other two on that because they don't have that issue. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So it works for one, and they're triplets. They're related, so I'm hoping... Yeah. It helps all three that way. So, so far, it seems to be doing great. Okay, great. No, I love that. Um... So uh, we're gonna just talk about the pandemic for our last question. Uh, how did the pandemic affect you and your family? And what are some things that you learned from it? Sure. So <laughs> I, I, was like, I think. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. yeah. Mm. So I think everyone. I mean, at least everyone I talked to kind of had like a life transformative experience right. through the pandemic right what whatever you learned <clears throat> um i learned that i was burnt out like 
crazy for my job. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, once we shut down and everyone went home, I was like, this is actually really nice, guys. Like, like, I don't like people dying, but, like, being home is really, really nice. So um, what I learned was what I had previously, this is speaking for myself, uh, what I had previously been calling my depressive episodes were actually autistic burnouts. (laughs) And... um, so that woke me up to like that has different needs right like depression versus like if it's a burnout like there's different um things that you need to do to help yourself through those and so that like radically changed everything for me and gave me um the new goal in my life to really really monitor my time expenditure so that i am not over committing myself to things Mm -hmm. so like high-functioning, high-achieving autistics, right? We are going to say yes to everything. We're people pleasers because that's the only way we know how to mask. (laughs) So we're going to say yes to everything, overcommit to everything, go, 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 go. I can sleep when I'm dead kind of mentality. Um, Well, that just after learning, after being in the pandemic, being shut down for like, I feel like I was home for three months. Um, It was beautiful. Um, (laughs) Um... Gosh, I was just so much more myself. I was so much more grounded when I had that rest, when I wasn't having to actively mask around people every day for eight to 10 hours a day, um, when I gave myself plenty of time to, to, to stem, to, you know, um, curl up in a blanket in bed and just like not be for a minute, right? Or like to listen to music and just to zone out, to do like, to, and that was like <clears throat> probably like two years after I finally accepted, like, yeah, I'm autistic. So then just like, um, I don't know, okay, I'm just gonna go be autistic in my room. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's like, because nobody told me when I was a kid. <laughs> um, but just getting to explore that side and like really nervous system regulate. Um, so after we came back, I <laughs> actively made a plan and um, ended up quitting my job about like, it was April that next year <laughs> um, that I quit my job. I changed to running my business full time. I only work four days a week. Like I said, I don't take phone calls. Like um, I just made drastic changes in serving, making my life serve me instead of serving whatever everyone else wanted me to do. Yeah. Um, and I know that that trickled down to like how I was able to show up for my son because now I'm able to show up for him in a more regulated state. So when I'm regulated, he can look at me and go, oh, I don't feel regulated right now, but this, my mom is, and like I can look at her and like kind of take cues from her. What is she doing? She's breathing, she's sitting down, she has a calm face, like she has a calm to- tone of voice. Um, so he was able to learn from that. I'm able to spend more quality time with him. He's like always uh, has some, such better attitude whenever he gets like one-on-one quality time with us as a family um and then just yeah realizing and seeing like oh my gosh that actually worked and helped me so much like let's just keep going like what else can I learn what else can I accommodate what else can I um what other practices can I implement into my life so for me it was really just a big like breaking open point of like hey look at all of this time that you're getting back isn't this nice you should like this should be a goal in your life <laughs> is to feel like this yeah and so i made it my goal is to feel <laughs> rested calm <laughs> yeah. grounded and when i don't okay something's off track again i need to like look and see 
oh, I'm doing too much again. Like, let's bring it back in. <laughs> or like, whoops, we need to get paper plates because dishes are not possible right now. Some little things <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. Um, and so but, it's it's been great to like look at that time and take, I don't know, be able to identify specific tools that now even now I can implement into my life to like yeah. make it better. No, so. I think that that's great. A positive out of a negative. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like the whole jam. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like an annoying optimistic. <laughs> no, I think that's the only um, way to be. Mm-hmm. My husband's a realist and I'm the optimist, and so he always has to kind of bring me down a little bit. And I'm always like, no, but like, come up with me. So we oh. balance each other out. That's good. <laughs> Yin and yang. That's, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. And what about you? What did you and your family learn from the <laughs> pandemic? <laughs> Okay, my experience was a whole lot different than that. Oh, yeah. So, but like I said, we've always been outside. So yeah. my kids are active. So I have one daughter who is in music and art. Um, so she did, she plays piano, she plays the guitar, she plays the recorder. Oh, cool. And I have one daughter who's the ice hockey, rugby playing, tackle, but I'll pick you up type girl. And then Triton, who's my nonverbal. So when COVID hit, um, they're very routine. So school is very routine for them. And at this age, they were, they're 16 now, so what was it, they're probably 13, 12, 13. So when COVID hit, that disrupted their entire routine mm-hmm. at their age. So to not to go to school and not to see your friends and all of that was a demise mm-hmm. for my autistics, um, especially one. Um, we also hit puberty uh-huh. this time, <laughs> all three. Yay, me! So anyway. So we're dealing with this, we're all home together, and of course nobody wants you going outside. Well, that's not me. So we went hiking, we went outside a lot. So that was how I got their routine. Of course, we're homeschooling as well, so we're trying to get that done. And the, but we went out like to the nature walk. Um, we just stayed outside a lot, the majority of the time, and made trips. So I drove in, my daughter has a fixation on the dolphin who had the artificial tail, winter. Oh. The movie. I'm from Clearwater. Um, well, we went to Clearwater. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so this was something my daughter had always mentioned. Like, I want to see winter. I want to see winter. So I thought Florida is the most free state. You don't have to wear a mask. Yep. We're going. Yeah. So we packed up. We drove cross country to Clearwater. We did sightseeing all the way there. We cool. went outside. We went to Florida. We went and saw winter and hope. Yeah. Um, and I was so happy that we made that trip. And it was a big difference because one of my daughters did regress. Um, Ariel probably regressed the most. I would say she probably lost 50% of her socializing oh, wow, through COVID okay. from her loss of routine because we couldn't go to piano, couldn't go to art, couldn't go to ballet because she dances ballet. Her sister dances hip hop. Okay. <laughs> so I have a daughter in ballet and a daughter in hip hop. So all that was gone. So classes were dismissed. So their whole routine was disrupted, which disrupted them entirely. Um, Trinity and Triton, however, came out of it a little bit more focused. And usually boys who are autistic have more of an issue with puberty because they start developing testosterone. They usually become more aggressive or can mm-hmm. and less focused. But however, Triton did not. But however, Ariel did. So she became an introvert, which is just now, she's just now speaking where you can hear her because okay. she, didn't, she didn't talk anymore. She talked in a whisper, you couldn't hear her. And that went on for about two years that she's now getting that back and she's talking loud. We're in martial arts, so you gotta talk loud. And he makes sure you can hear. So a lot of things we've done from that point on has brought her back. 
Okay. She still has a ways to go. I would say we're about 85% where we were, but we still have a ways to go. Okay. But I think it just hits children differently when they have routine disrupted like that for that long of a period. If it had not been that long, mm -hmm. I can't say, but also puberty also had a role in it. So I don't know how much was COVID and how much was, like how much deterioration all of it did together, I saw. So combined, it deteriorated one of mine to an extreme event. Okay. So well, that I, was my experience with COVID. Yeah, well, we all, I mean, it's not like it was a, uh, I don't know how to properly say this. It's not like it was like a, a, a present we were all handed. No, and I, and I still <laughs> had to work. Uh, so yeah. I was still at work. So I worked through COVID because I'm a firefighter. Yeah. So oh, in the yeah. EMS, so there was no, you went to work. Okay, so that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then when you had to be quarantined from your children who are autistic, that was, so I was quarantined a couple of times away from my children, which I think that probably had a lot to do with more, mm -hmm. which it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And now we're just fighting that battle back. But I think it's just something you just get them back in routine, mm -hmm. you get them back in their nutrition, get them back on their schedules. And I do feel that they do get back. They can, yeah. but we're praying about it. So yes. yes, she's doing really great. She's yeah. doing awesome. She's trying, she really is. And she seems to be better. But also notice she was also going through bouts of depression which is easy to pick up on with an autistic. But she still can decompress, all three still can decompress, which is the main thing you want to make sure they can do on their own mm -hmm. and they recognize that. Well, good, and all, and all any of us can really do at the end of the day is try. Yes. Right, yeah. just try. And you have um, to try whatever works for your exactly. child, I don't know. You have to find things, and like martial arts is the only thing I found that Triton actually engages in mm. and like wants to do. It's the first thing I found, and he's 16, yeah. that he wants to do, because he don't follow direction. No, he'll shoot basketball all day, but he's not gonna go get the ball. Okay, yeah. No, you go get the ball, I'll shoot the basket. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. But martial arts, he at least is engaging, and he's trying to focus, which is the first thing I found for him. So yeah. I'm hopeful he makes light leaps and bounds that way. I'm sure, I'm sure they will. And I'm saying with your son and really um, you're right. You know, all we can do is find what works for you. Yes. Autistic or yeah. not, you know, we all have our own likes and dislikes. Like you <laughs> talked about laying in bed, like just the other day, my mom was like, God, you know, you lounge around so often sometimes I'm like, Rotting in bed on Sunday <laughs> is my, really my recharge. It's my favorite it's my activity. Fa exactly. Don't take that from me. I'm yeah. a huge TV movie person. <laughs> yes. I love to read. All of yes. those can be done yeah. in, bed. in a bed. When you're like my exactly. whole life, I'm yeah. I'm working towards being horizontal again. I know. I don't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, for real. But um, you know, I really autistic or not, all we can do is try. And you yes. know, one thing about COVID, you know, no matter what it did or how you feel about it is we all went through it together yes literally everyone on this planet that's alive <laughs> went through it together and we've all come out on the other end and we have to figure out how to be well in this post-pandemic society yes and seriously that's it that's all i got for you guys i really appreciate you coming out spending your morning talking to me yeah. telling us about your experiences and your children and what works for you all okay. and um one more time again you guys i'm going to have their information in the description of this video so you can if you are an oklahoman in the okc metro reach out to them to take part in their businesses and part of their wellness and until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you so much.
Thank you again for tuning in to Unmasking Autism with AFO. I'm your host, Carly Marissa Dummett. Thank you again to the Oklahoma State Department of Health. And for any information on our trainings or our events, please visit www.autismfoundationok.org or follow us on social media platforms at Autism Foundation OK. As always, thank you so much and we'll see you next time.